Welcome to the Service Transformation Podcast. My name is Hilbrand Rustemar. I'm your host today. Today, we're going to speak further about our research, the drivers for growth in service. And one of the things that the research has taught us is that 66% of the companies have defined a digitalization strategy to enable them to deliver new business models. However, only 15% of the respondents said they have implemented to some extent And even further, only 7% mentioned that they have the full digital IT structure in place. And 29% have implemented the required solutions, but not in an integrated manner. So the conclusion we can draw from this is that many companies are struggling to design and implement an integrated digital platform to support the service business. So we have decided to create three podcasts, and in this series of podcasts, we will discuss how a service organization can start with the design of such a digital service platform. So I'd like to introduce my guest of today, my colleague René Boverhuis, and he will share some light on this topic and, well, use his vast knowledge and experience Maybe, Renee, you can introduce yourself, explain a bit what is your background and, and your role in Noventum. Of course. So I've been working in the IT space for more than 28 years. And prior to joining Noventum, I worked with uh, some large system integrators as a developer, a project manager, solution architect. And in the last seven, eight years, I worked in the area of customer care, CRM and service. And at Noventum, in the last four years, my main focus is uh, on helping service organizations to define their requirements for a digital service platform, understand and assess their IT architecture, strategy and roadmap, and to help them design their future digital service platform and what solutions they should consider for that. So, René, as I said in my introduction, it turns out that more than 70% of companies don't have an integrated solution to support the service business. So to be able to grow the service business or even survive in this uh, post-COVID-19 period, it's critical that service organizations get started with the digitalization of the service business. So let's start with a definition, but can you explain us what is a digital service platform? So a digital service platform is is basically a software solution that enables a service organization to market, sell, and deliver different types of services to their customers in an integrated and efficient and a customer-focused way. So, so why do you think that there is such a low percentage of companies saying that they have a fully integrated digital service platform? What could be the, the reasons uh, behind that? We see a lot of uh, these type of companies. And from our experience, we see several things happening, several reasons. So for example, service organizations have uh, a trouble to create a positive business case to design and build and implement the integrated digital service platform because the complexity and the time and investment needed are quite significant, but they have a challenge to quantify the business benefits. And then in the end, nothing happens only uh, or only parts of the service process are automated or they do a couple of pilots or proof of concepts, but that's it. And uh, another example, another reason is that service organizations don't have access to the right business and technical knowledge to define what the service business needs and to determine how technology can be used to build this integrated digital service platform. What's also a common reason is that their existing IT architecture, which is almost always the case, it's too complex and it limits the organization's ability to innovate and adapt. And that makes it the digitalization of service more challenging, costly, and, and risky. 
What we also have seen is that many organizations have taken a, an IT-driven approach rather than a business-driven approach. So the, the capabilities and the functionality that the technology provides is thus then leading rather than what actually the business requires. And then in the end, the result is suboptimal. Parts of the service process are supported by this IT implementation. But there's still a lot of gaps and it's not always integrated. So I think these are some of the examples of reasons why companies have an issue with implementing a digital services platform. So, René, if uh, I ask you to sort of summarize what are the key challenges in, in getting it done and or, or where should they get started? Yeah, but what are the key challenges? Can we summarize that? It's, there are a lot of challenges and because there are a lot, it's good to categorize them. So there are three main categories. One is about defining and managing the service business requirements. So companies often don't fully understand what actually capabilities and functionality they need to achieve their business objectives. And they fail often in managing them throughout the life cycle of the digital service transformation. The second category is that uh, around designing the solution architecture. So this is a, a complex activity because you have an existing IT architecture that needs to be taken into account. You have several applications that may already have capabilities that can fulfill part of this technology puzzle, but together it cannot provide everything that's needed. So to select the technology that fill in those gaps uh, is time consuming and requires quite a lot of business knowledge and knowledge of the software market. And then the third category is more around data and integration. So to deliver services efficiently and effectively and provide a state-of-the-art customer experience, data is critical. The data must be complete, accurate, consistent, and secure. So there are a lot of challenges, but they can be categorized in these three areas. Let's start with the first topic, uh, René. So, and, and perhaps in the next podcast, we will discuss the uh, designing of the solution architecture and the data management uh, and integration. But let's today focus on the challenges regarding defining and managing what the business needs. Can you elaborate a bit more on this? Yeah, so for a service company to be able to fully support the service processes, there's a wide variety of functionality needed. Uh, they should, for example, be able to manage the service requests that are coming in, manage the service contracts, maintenance plans, install base, work orders, resources, service partners, etc. So there's a lot of things that need to be managed. And companies have problems in defining exactly what functionality the IT system should provide. So, for example, a while ago, we helped a global diagnostics company to define their requirements for service. And uh, they were actually very proud of all the preparation work they had already uh, done before we started because they had asked their service staff on what functionality they would like to have. And, yeah, of course, it's very good to involve the service staff in a service transformation project. However, the list of requirements were more a list of uh, wishes and was not very useful in the end. And because each person that they asked, they provided input on from their perspective what they would like to have and what the system should do. And it was not aligned. It was not based on a common operating model or, or a common terminology. So the requirements were either also very specific or very high level. There were a lot of similar requirements, but worded in a different way, so it's difficult to consolidate it. There are also a lot of nice to has, but not requirements that are, or not so many that are either important or critical. And lastly, requirements were based, and this is important, based on the existing system and the existing processes they are using. Because they're using the existing 
yeah, context. There's this problem of you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know what functionality actually exists or could be of use, you yeah, you will not identify it and uh, you do not know if it could be useful for your organization. So by using this list of requirements, they collect it themselves. If that would be the basis, then they would basically get a replacement of their current system rather than uh, a new system that actually is going to improve the business and support a global operating model. So you mentioned the common operating model. Why, why is that important? Well, it's important because if parts of your organization work in a different way, you will need to implement the digital service platform for each part of the organization or implement multiple variations. And that would make the implementation take longer, be more costly in terms of implementation and operational costs. And also if operating in a different way, it's also difficult to monitor and compare the performance globally in the same way. And each part of the organization may have different KPIs, different ways of calculating a KPI or different ways of capturing the requirement data at different times. So it sounds like it's, it's important to update or, or even design your operating model if you don't have one already. Do you have a suggestion on how this can be done? Yeah, so indeed, this is very important. Uh, must be aware, though, that without the knowledge and experience in this space, you need a lot of time to do that this yourself. So it's faster and better to review and design a service operating model based on service industry best practices, because best practices are proven and they're built by experts in the in the business. So I know that software vendors or system integrators for those vendors also yeah, tend to provide best practices, but you need to be aware that these are typically best practices for implementing their specific solution. And the best practices are defined with their product in mind and what the product can do and how it works. And it may not be suitable for your business. And it typically does not cover the end-to-end -end service process, but only the processes that require the functionality that the product provides. So it's strongly recommended to use an independent set of best practices. And at Noventum, we have created such a library of best practices that describes the business management, sales and delivery models for service. And this library, we the last 20 years on that, and it lives in our digital service transformation center. It consists of a, a collection of business capabilities a service organization needs to have in place. Uh, for example, uh, service request management defines how to receive and manage a service request that's coming in, planning and scheduling, how to plan and schedule work order, parts order request management, how to order a part, work execution, how to the field engineer can do the, the actual work order. So and for each business capability, we have process descriptions, management practices, roles, performance metrics, user stories, function requirements. So basically everything you need to uh, run and organize your service business. And this best practice model is used to as a starting point for designing your common operating model and change it here and there where it's needed to make it specific in your situation. And what we've actually seen is that companies try to do this themselves without help of a best practice model. Yeah, and that resulted in an endless discussions and a, a suboptimal set of processes because each participant has a different or a better view of how the process should work and how it works currently. So the end result is not that optimal. For example, we just completed a project with a global biotech company where we designed an entire delivery model in less than three months. 
And due to the COVID crisis, we did this using uh, remote sessions of two and a half hours with business representatives from eight countries. And for each business capability, we did a session to explain the best practice process and get and discuss initial feedback. We then updated it to deliver a variation of the best practice, but tailored to their specific situation. And then the next step was that each country or each participant then evaluated it offline. And in the second session, we discussed the feedback and suggested additional changes and agreed on the final version. So this is a very effective way of designing the operating model without the need for the business representative to spend a lot of time, uh, which is pretty important uh, often. And in the end, uh, we used the best practices, but with some minor changes that were needed to make the best practice model work for this company. I think the conclusion is by using this reference model as our, uh, the best practices, you can achieve results much quicker, and but also with a higher quality. So, Rene, now you explained what is a common operating model and, um, and how, you, uh, how you develop one, how you design one. So do you have a suggestion how a service organization can get a complete picture of the functionality needed for a digital service platform? Yeah, so in the, as mentioned before, in the best practice library, we have functional requirements for each capability. And functional requirements are basically the functions and features that a software product or solution should provide. So um, we organize these functional requirements in a framework, which we call the functional reference architecture for service. And it defines all the functionality a service organization typically needs. And for each business capability, we, in a best practice model, we define which function and features are needed to support that specific business capability with IT solution. If the operating model has been designed, as discussed uh, earlier, it can quickly be determined what functions and features would be needed. Okay, so um, but what if we want to already start with the design of the future service IT architecture and start looking for potential solutions or, or products? So do we need to wait for the design of the common operating model to be completed? Well, that's the nice thing about uh, this best practice model, because everything is in the model. We can quickly identify what are the key functional requirements by pre-selecting the business capabilities that will be needed by the business. So we don't need to wait until the entire common operating model is designed. And uh, determining which business capabilities are needed can be done by doing a uh, what we call a business scoping workshop. And in this workshop, the participants, which should be business representatives, we define typical end-to-end -end business scenarios from the perspective of different key personas. So for an example of a business scenario is that customer contacts the support center to report a problem with a machine. The machine is covered by a service contract. The problem can't be resolved remotely. So FNC needs to go on site to fix the problem and it uh, needs to be done within eight hours. And to fix it, the spare part is needed as well as a calibration tool. And the problem is then fixed with according to the agreed service level. So that's an example of a, of a scenario. And if you define a number of these scenarios for each uh, persona, you get a pretty good idea of what business capabilities are needed to support all those scenarios. And then you have a collection of business scenarios that are defined the scope, basically. And because we then have, we have defined what functionality needed for each capability, we can quickly create a complete inventory of all the functionality that is needed. And then the detailed requirements can be further selected or prioritized based on, for example, the characteristics of a service business and the business objectives and improvement. So 
For example, if a company has a high volume of simple work orders and a large number of field engineers that each have several visits per day, then real-time planning optimization is probably more important than uh, when the company has to provide complex services that require high-skilled and certified resources and have large parts or repair kits, etc. So depending on the type of service organization, some requirements are more uh, relevant than others. And then, by the way, optionally, there's always option to do a more detailed requirements gathering exercise to select and prioritize individual requirements to get a more precise view on what is needed. This is actually how we improve the completeness and quality of the requirements for the global diagnostics company, which I mentioned earlier. Okay, so thanks for the very uh, detailed explanation of that. So to define the operating model and the functional requirements, so what are the key success factors in this? Well, first of all, it's important to involve the key stakeholders from the different levels from the start. And so everybody needs to be aligned and agreement on what is, is going to be designed and selected. And second, it's important to manage the expectations of the stakeholders. So we see in most cases that a new operating model, a new system requires somewhat different way of organizing things. So for example, moving planning and scheduling responsibility to a central planning function, it does have an organizational impact and thus on some of the employees. The impact on this employees, they must be clear before designing the operating model, otherwise it will be very difficult to agree on a common process. You get too much resistance. And the third and last one I would like to mention is that it's very important to have people in the core team who really understand both the business and are keen on both business and technology, but also keen on improving the business and are quite open-minded. To, uh, to summarize, Rene, so you recommend service organizations to define the requirements using uh, Noventum's uh, functional reference architecture for service, but first define which business capabilities are needed, right? Yeah, that's correct. So, uh, and it's, that should be the starting point for designing a digital service platform. Uh, Note that it's, it's important that these capabilities and requirements are well managed throughout the life cycle of the digital service platform, not just at the start. And, uh, and last year, we, we, for example, helped one of our customers to design their service operation model and defining also the requirements and the user stories that form the basis for the implementation. It was handed over to the IT implementation partner of the customer, but as they were not involved enough, there was a knowledge gap which made the implementation less efficient, but also less effective in the sense that in the end, the implementation was not entirely according to the design processes and the management practices. So I think that illustrates that it's important to establish a service business team that has excellent knowledge and experience of the service operating model and requirement. And that team or this person then responsible for designing the operating model requirements, but also support the IT implementation team to build the IT solution, deliver it, the solution that's actually going to deliver the business requirements and help achieve the business objectives. Right. Okay. So thanks, Renee. It's, it's fascinating to hear about how organizations can uh, get a, a complete understanding of the requirements for a, a digital service platform, and that this can be done in a, in a relatively short period of time. So I think uh, we want to keep our, our podcast somewhat uh, short. So I suggest that in the next podcast that we discuss how companies can use that common operating model that you described and the functional requirements to design such a digital service platform, and then how to select the right technology for this. Is that okay with you, René? Sounds like a plan. <laughs> okay. 
Right. So for all our listeners that would like to learn more about the Server Solution Blueprint, they can visit our website, of course, at www.noventum.eu. So noventum.eu. A direct link is also included in the description of this podcast. So to all the listeners, thank you again. Did you like the podcast? Then please share the podcast with your colleagues or tell your friends about it. That would be very much appreciated. So don't forget to follow our LinkedIn page to keep up to date and you can subscribe also to our newsletter again you can do that on our website noventum.eu and then we'll send you the latest insights thank you very much for listening thank you Now, listeners that would like to learn more about the Server Solution Blueprint, they can visit our website, of course, at www.noventum.eu. So, noventum.eu. A direct link is also included in the description of this podcast. So, to all the listeners, thank you again. Did you like the podcast? Then please share the podcast with your colleagues or tell your friends about it. That would be very much appreciated. So, don't forget to follow our LinkedIn page to keep up to date. And you can subscribe also to our newsletter. Again, you can do that on our website, noventum.eu, and then we'll send you the latest insights. So thank you for tuning in. We hope you do it again for the next podcast. Thank you very much for listening.